0: No matter what you're going through in your world right now, no matter what it is, and no matter what you call it, whether it's just stress, pressure, you got the blues, you're just stuck in indecision, it's just that stuckness, whatever it is, I guarantee you, guarantee you, you're not alone through this. I can tell you personally how many, literally hundreds of individual pieces of contact and messages I've got just through the podcast for people that want to talk about this as a topic to address it. So that's exactly What we're going to do, because they all fall under, for the most part, the whole topic of anxiety. And that seems to be number one. Trust me. Everybody is feeling it. Me too. Put myself in that as well because it feels like it's coming from all sides. With that said, welcome to the Cool Dad Rules. Thanks for finding us as always. My name is Bill Adams, but the key piece here was finding the right guy, and it took a while to find him to be honest with you, who would add the right perspective to what we're covering here, and I know I found him. Dr. Gregory Jantz is a psychologist, best-selling author, a lot of books out there. The most recent and the most relevant to what we're talking about is the anxiety reset. Thanks for being here, Dr. Jantz. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. We have a super important topic today. You got it. You're not kidding. And, you know, I kind of teased that a little bit in the introduction there, but I can just speak from my own personal perspective because I know a lot of people can relate to it and maybe even you can too. It just feels like everything all the time. You know what I mean? It's like before if it was... Uh, you know, you're heading into the summer months. You said, well, okay, maybe the economy's bad, but at least we can make that vacation. Oh, wait, this year's super expensive. Well, if we can't afford to fly this time, well, we've got, well, we can always drive. Well, we've got gas prices. We're worried about a job. It's this and that. It just seems like we're getting hit from all sides. Is that, is that a common piece of discussion here?
1: Well, I think if we look
0: at the last, let's say, three
1: years, we've had a period of probably some chronic uh, anxiety and depression, and anytime we have high uh anxiety, we're going to start to see addiction rates go up.
0: Yeah, so right. So
1: right now, right now, the number one diagnosis across the board is anxiety. And we're seeing, followed by depression and addiction. When I say addiction, wow. it could be food addiction. Sure. It could be digital addiction, uh, alcohol, misuse of prescription drugs. So addiction is going to cover a lot of different areas. But that's what we're seeing. And we're seeing what I'm calling uh, anticipatory anxiety. So this means right now people are kind of waiting for the next bad news. There's been so much. Every day there's something new. And uh, we've been living in a, a chronic state of this anxiety and stress. And so we add all this up. And people have grown weary. Yes. So right. like you say, there's always something next. If it's not gas prices, it's something else. <laughs> it <knows.
0: laughs> is there a relief, though? I mean, is, I hear from people, too, and I've just talked to friends of mine, too, that have said, you know what, just between you and me, I am burnt out. But they don't want to say it loud, loud, because they feel like it's some sort of admission and they feel guilty about it. But isn't, isn't there something okay, doctor, about saying, you know what, sometimes things just suck. They really do. I mean, is, the, is that the first form of kind of getting relief on this is to at least acknowledge that sometimes, yeah, you know what? It's not our fault.
1: Well, we have to get out of denial, and we have got to look at things realistically and go, how how well am I really doing? You see, our country right now is in a mental health crisis. Yes. And uh, it's, we're at the tip of the iceberg. Unfortunately, because uh, I've been in this field for 38 years and we have a facility, we're seeing that people, I said, I use the word weary, but we also have people that are living in despair. Wow, yeah. And these are tough times. There is a mental health crisis. People are seeking help like never before. Wow. And we want
0: to be able to be of help. I I guess the good news there, you know, we always try to, you know, take some light out of the real dark situation, and it is a dark situation, is that something you said there, people are seeking help. That's a positive start, though, isn't it? You got to feel like you're getting the word out there.
1: People are seeking help. And absolutely. um, so when we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and go, what am what am I doing or mm. not doing um, that could be contributing to this?" And there's times where you go, "You know what? This has been going on six months. I'm not doing that well. I need to seek some outside assistance. and that's that's a good
0: place to be. How do you know when it's something? beyond what you really think you can handle because i think that's a big question that people have it's like well, i don't know is, is, is this just is this me I never used to feel like this is this something that i can handle or or some they wake up one day and they get hit and they said oh i can't handle this like when do you do you have to reach a breaking point before you know you should reach out to somebody
1: you don't and i don't want you to reach that breaking point i want you uh um We want to be a little more proactive. Mm -hmm. So what we know is that anxiety and depression, if there's addiction involved, it's a fairly predictable course. And by that, I mean, uh, things tend to get worse uh, unless at some point we intervene. We either intervene on ourselves or sometimes a loved one uh, may intervene on us. So what I hear often from, from clients who are, uh, and we work with clients from all over the country. What I hear often is, "I wish I wouldn't have waited so long."
0: Sure, <laughs> right, like,
1: right. Um, so that we do have regret if if we don't do anything, uh, because uh, anxiety affects the all of our relationships. It affects our ability to function. It affects our physical health, and there reaches a point where it really gets fairly disabling. Uh, and so we
0: need to intervene now. I know that's why you have The Anxiety Reset, the book that's out right now. If you you were to break it down to reset the anxiety deal, what's the first place to start, and then what do you take it from there to get some momentum?
1: Absolutely. One of the places is I need to determine uh, what type of anxiety am I really suffering from, and that's where I have a a wonderful anxiety questionnaire that I'll I'll tell you how to get here in a minute, but we want to find out, okay, is it mainly social anxiety? Am I withdrawing from people? Am I isolating? Um, We also want to, uh, is there anything physically or medically going on that could be really contributing to my anxiety? Do I have a low thyroid, a thyroid issue? You're going to have a lot of anxiety. So um, some medications can create a, Anxiety, so we need to look, is there a medical diagnosis that also could be contributing? Um, are there things that um, am I suffering from some post traumatic stress in mm-hmm. my life? Um, have I had trauma and living under all this stress here the last couple of years has just been my tipping point. So we want to evaluate you know what are the where is this coming from? So what are some of the root causes mm-hmm. and then we what we do is we can put together Kind of a twelve week plan it's going to take a little while. I call it baby steps. I want you to begin to take some steps, know what type and what level of anxiety you're experiencing, and then we start to lay out some steps you can begin to do. Here's something that we find fascinating when you've been living with a lot of anxiety, people stop drinking water really what um, they they don't drink nearly enough water huh. they drink the the 13 cups of coffee a day. They turn to alcohol. They're turning to sodas. But they forget. Now, water improves mood. Water is so important for brain function that people forget that. (laughs) So we need to... Okay. Am I
0: even drinking my water? Just start there. Yeah. You want to talk about baby steps, but I'm glad to hear you say that though. And I'm glad that's in the book because I, I, you know, listen, I'm, I can relate to this myself. When I know that there's a great plan out there, but it's way too many steps and it's too much at once. I, that, that adds anxiety to me. If I know it's baby steps, I can take it a little bit at a time. It's not overwhelming.
1: Well, one of the things is looking at, okay, um, do, can I handle this on my own or am I at a point where I really do need to get some outside help? Um, and sometimes we let shame, we're embarrassed. We feel like, man, I, I shouldn't be struggling with this. Um, uh, and so we stop and we don't get the help we really need. So we do need to evaluate, look, uh, if a, if a month has passed now and I'm trying to do some things, I'm not being successful, uh, with making some changes, and I think it's time that we say, you know what? I need to seek some outside mm. assistance. So we always have to keep that as a part of the picture. So one of the things is don't try to do this alone. Too often anxiety pushes us into isolation. We feel like, oh, it's overwhelming to deal with people. And when we're in when we isolate or withdraw, this is where we tend to people drink alcohol, they overeat. Uh, what are, we start to do these escapism behaviors, which can be quite
0: detrimental. It's almost like they people are looking for numbing behaviors, you know, they, to to numb whatever the heck they're going through, instead of trying to find a solution to the root cause. Have you found that a lot?
1: Exactly. Sometimes we just I'm tired of feeling this way. Yeah.
0: And we call it
1: um, we call it mood modulate. I want to change mm. how I feel. So changing how I feel. Um, but sometimes I want to take shortcuts. I just want to drink that alcohol. But then alcohol, uh, after a little while, creates more anxiety. So this is where, what are the
0: decisions I'm
1: making that could be making this worse?
0: But all of those descriptions of what people are going through that I had in the introduction, all of those kind of fall under the category of anxiety, don't you? It's a tough thing to treat because it's a very large umbrella.
1: And it is. And we've been, uh, this is actually our 38th year. And I am so... Passionate about seeing lives change. We need hope. We're living and we have a a generation of folks right now that they don't feel a lot of hope. They feel apathy. And we need hope for our futures. Well, hope comes when we have a plan. Okay, I need a plan. And so that's a part of, you know, the anxiety reset book. It's a part, okay, here's a plan that you can begin to put together.
0: How about though, if they wanted to reach out specifically to the center, a place of hope, where do you find that?
1: You know, the best way to do this. Um, is going to be through
0: aplaceofhope.com. Dr. Greg Jantz, thank you so much for the time again. And more importantly, though, what you're doing with this, because I think it's that important. Thank you again. We'll talk again soon. Good to be with you. And thanks for finding the Cool Dad Rules. My name is Bill Adams. That's a good start. You can always find the podcast, share it along, subscribe to on all the podcast platforms and everywhere on social media where you find the Cool Dad Rules. And like I said, you can always reach out to me through direct messaging too. And we'll cover anything you want to talk about. With all that said, we'll talk to you soon.